You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mino Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. Because it was putting on makeup that I would feel so amazing and then taking it off, I'd be emotional and want to cry because I realized the only time I allowed myself to see myself as a woman was when I had makeup on, doing drag. And I realized that that same power I felt with all the makeup on is a feeling I could have even when I take the makeup off. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Junior Mint, creator of Minty Makeup. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Your ratings and reviews mean so much. Leave a five-star rating and a review. All right. Junior Mint is a drag artist, business owner, and motivational speaker based in Brooklyn. She's the creator and producer of In Living Color, a drag variety show, and a co-host of the Brooklyn Liberation March. Junior has been featured in Vogue, The Cut, ID, and Gay Letter for the work she does not only on stage, but also in the community. She is also the creator of Minty Makeup, one of the first Black trans makeup lines. Minty Makeup has been featured in BuzzFeed, Paper Magazine, Beauty Matter, and Vogue Beauty. Junior, welcome to Business of the Beat. I am so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I am just so thankful to get to be in a space with another Black creative individual who's run a business and at the same time not giving up a piece of themselves to do it. So I'm like sitting in a space where I'm just grateful because when you look around and see great people, that's how you know you're doing something right because you're with the great people. My goodness, like I literally got chills when you said that. The energy and like the connectedness and the support that you radiate is just phenomenal. Of course, it's the eyeshadow as well. Let's let's be real. Like I can't look at you and not feel good, Um, but I'm I'm excited. So I want to read this quote to start because I think it, it actually fills in with what you said. So you said when you were thinking about starting your business and you were talking to one of your friends, They remind me that there's nothing that I can't do. And that's exactly what he said. Just start it. Why not? And it resonated with me. I have lived by the mantra carpe diem, seize the day my entire life. And when I read that, you know, you and your team, I reached out immediately because I was like, anyone says just start it. Why not? And does it is my people. So take us back. Like, tell us who you are how you became this amazing soul to say something like that. Well, 
It's a beautiful journey. It's a long journey. It's one that started with, I grew up in, uh, born in Philadelphia, raised in Camden, New Jersey, and then um, moved and bounced around with housing insecurity. And I was always that quiet kid who like had lots of energy, but also was just too afraid that somebody was going to say something mean to me. So I was like, I would rather just stay to myself and draw and do all these other things. And it wasn't until I went to college that for the first time, um, like I was no longer surrounded by blackness because I grew up in all of these different black communities. And then I went to college in Boston. And for the first time, I really felt what it was like to be other. And I was standing in these spaces that were supposedly built for me. And I was like, okay, so everybody is literally asking me why I don't feel like I can succeed here when I'm like, it's very obvious. Black people, I went to Emerson College and black people made up less than 1% of the school's population. So we physically fit into a room. And I was also an RA and it really honed in that loving nature that I had and made me become so much more outgoing because I was the person who was the first person when sexual assaults were reported. I was the first person there when someone got locked out of a room. It was like I was there for all of these different situations in these people's lives and I got to see how so much of their life outside of things that they could control was affecting their lives. Like I knew people who I had conversations with so many different people on the floor about eating disorders and how the marketing of different products are part of the reason why their eating disorders were never able to actually be helped because every time they walk into a store to even buy something, who's on the who's on the marketing, who's on the ads right. and all of these different things. And so for me, it was one of those things where I just took all the power I could to make as much good in their lives that I could control. And it all led to when I moved to New York after graduation, because I always like to say I moved to New York to find Paris is burning, but I found like a lukewarm Berlin. It was one of those (laughs) things where mm, I came here and I was expecting to see, I finally understood myself as a queer black trans woman, but I was looking for my community and I never was able to find it because even in New York City, we were being pushed to the margins and not given any type of do or comeuppance that we deserve. And so I started creating my own spaces. And um, for over two and a half years, I was the only show in New York produced by a Black trans woman. And we um, just celebrated our third anniversary. And it's so funny to me because when I remember the first show we did and one of my really good friends came and when they came, we were in a car ride going back to like home and going to get food. And they just went, Mm -hmm. do you know that this is church? Like, do you know that this is queer church? Because it was all about everybody getting to come as who they are and getting to feel for like a night that you could be exactly who you are and that wasn't going to affect the experience that you had. Because you walked out the house as a proud trans person, that didn't mean that you were going to face the struggles in the outside world in a space that is built for you. And when it came to the quarantine, it was deep, deep into the middle of the quarantine. And my friend asked me, what I wanted to do with my career when my body physically couldn't do it anymore. Because as an amazing influencer, I can't remember their name on Instagram said, it's not a matter of if you become disabled, it's a matter of when. And, and it was these things that always went around in my head. It's like, okay, well, my body physically can't be on stage all the time. What else do I want to do? And that's when it clicked for me. That's when it all clicked. Cause I was wow. like, Definitely makeup, because makeup is the thing that made me realize that I was trans, because it was putting on makeup that I would feel so amazing and then taking it off, I'd be emotional and want to cry, 
because I realized the only time I allowed myself to see myself as a woman was when I had makeup on doing drag. And I realized that that same power I felt with all the makeup on is a feeling I could have even when I take the makeup off. And when I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, I would love to do makeup, but like, you know, how's that ever going to happen? And they said that to me. They were like, um, what, what do you think that you can't accomplish, Junior? Do you not have this amazing show that has survived throughout the pandemic and done all these things? Have you not been able to find, like, for the first time in your life and build your own stability? I have housing security. I know where my next meal is coming from. All through my own hard work. I, I'm the primary caregiver for my mother. And all of which came through my art and being myself. And that through him talking to me about it, I was like, I can do this. I can yes. do this. Yes. And in less than a year, we made this deal with JCPenney Beauty. And it blows my mind at the fact that anything I set my mind to, I can accomplish. I'm just so thankful that I have a community around me that reminds me every day that whatever it is that I want to accomplish, I can do it. Wow. I am just blown away by you. It is your story is so rich and there's this humility about it that is really about how do I be my best self and how do I show up like that every day? And so many people are repressed and they can't figure out how to get to the other side. And what I, what I love about this, there's kind of three things I want to unpack here because we talk about this sense that you grew up in a community of people who looked like you. Maybe they didn't identify the same way that you did, but they look like you. And then you're mm -hmm. off in this new world of less than 1%, which in some cases, that stat is still true in other areas. I just launched a fund, less than 0.1% of Black women, like overcoming that stat. So let's start there and then I'll build on the other two. But that experience going from being, I see myself, I may not identify, and then I don't see myself, but I'm still an RA. So as, a, as an RA, you're responsible for all of the people in the dorm. How did you start to identify and unlock this ability to connect with people who didn't look like you when you didn't have that experience? It's so interesting because it just came so natural because feeling like being the queer kid where like I was so quiet and not wanting to talk and everything because the last thing that I wanted to hear out of somebody's mouth was the question, oh, are you gay? Why do you talk like that? And it was all of these little things that I was waiting for people to say. And it's so interesting because I never actually experienced it growing up in the neighborhoods because people thought I was too nice. And so like no one ever really said anything to me about it. And so all of those insecurities and those anxieties that I had, it all just really naturally came about because whenever I would see somebody having those same experiences and same emotions and I could look at them and tell that I was like, I can tell you're uncomfortable. I can tell that you're analyzing your body right now. I've done the same thing. And it was going over and just trying to have them not have to jump the same hurdles I did and not feel the same way that I did. And I realized that through truly talking about your experience and truly connecting with someone with no artifice, no facade, no pretense, just being yourself and being like, oh, trust me, looking in the mirror and not liking what you see and having a bunch of other people complimenting you, but you don't see at all what they see. Saying that to a person can get through to them in a way that like trying to give them a cheerful quote or something that like Martin Luther King Jr. said is not going to connect. <laughs> 
it brings me so much joy because <laughs> truly I tried so long to be so much of what everybody else wanted. And it's so funny that the thing that draws everybody to me is just being myself because that's all anybody's looking for. Well, and you know, being yourself, that was that was my second point because, and you really solidified it here, even in terms of how you talk through the notion of connecting with people. And you are big on kindness and you're big on empathy. And, you know, two things that quite frankly, black and brown people are really given less of. Like we're not treated kindly and we're not treated with empathy, even though we're the ones that give so much. And you really tip the scale on that. I mean, even hearing you talk about it and to think through how are you treated and, and because of the way that you talk that people are not nice and it's mean spirited. So talk about, because you just said it again, you said that like as a queer kid, you know, you were concerned, but you were always so nice. So they didn't come after you. So how is kindness and empathy also, it's, it's rooted in you, it seems innate. How has that kind of helped you navigate and move through this world in a softer way? I am so thankful for my mom. She is a person who, her name is Delma. She's my icon, one of my best friends. And she- I Saw her birthday a, shout out. <laughs> Sorry, I saw her birthday shout out. <laughs> yes, yes. Literally when I tell you, it's just my biggest cheerleader, my biggest fan, the person who literally just wanted me to just be me. Like whoever that was, just go out and be you. And it was all because at very young ages, she was uh, born in 1958. At a very young age, people really took her softness from her. They made her have to become a harder person just to exist as a Black woman. Because she was one of the first kids who was a part of busing Black kids into white schools. And because she's lighter skinned, it was one of those things where she was one of the first people that they picked. Not Black enough for the white school, going to your own neighborhood, and you're the person who's at the white school, so they don't like you. And she just refused to have my softness taken away. She refused. And it was one of those things that I'm so thankful for because my softness is the thing that I've realized is like my saving grace in my life. Because for me, it is the thing that tells me to listen to myself. It's the thing that reminds me that if somebody gives you toxic or negative energy, I love you and me enough to not be in this situation. So I'm going to love me enough to give myself space from this thing that I can tell is not good enough for me. And it's all about understanding that there is no malice in anything. There's only love. And I love you enough to know that obviously we're not going to get along. So let me love you enough to let you go find people who will give you what you need. And it's exactly. all about maintaining your softness in it all because the world is built up in order to make you hard. That's what the system is built to do. Because when you're hard, that's when you feel like there's a product that you need. There's something that you need to fill your life. When really the person, the only thing you need to survive in this world is you and yourself. Everything else naturally comes with it because when you're yourself, I know that if I wasn't able to pay my rent today, I have multiple people who would either one, give me the money or two, be like, let's, I got, I will set you up a GoFundMe right now. We will get all of this together. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that softness builds that community without you even having to try because softness makes people feel seen. When you choose to be vulnerable around somebody, even when you don't know them, that's an act of strength. That's an act of saying, I know myself well enough to know that I fit into any situation just by being myself. And I don't have to have a hard exterior in order to hold my boundaries. Boundaries don't necessarily mean aggression. Boundaries are another form of love. I love you enough to tell you what you won't do to me. Wow. Oh my goodness. I, 
I love you enough to tell you what you will not do to me. And that is the purest form of self-love. And I think that so many people have to understand that. I remember my mom would say, don't put yourself in a situation where people take you out of your character. And there's been these moments when we talk about our moms and their influence and the impact. And it's just fascinating because I found myself in business situations. You know, I named my company Brain Trust because I only want to work with smart people that I trust. And I was in these spaces where I was acting out of character in order to belong in the environment of which I thought I created as an entrepreneur. But when you get in those places, then you have to remove yourself. And I love it. You're like, you go over there. That's not meant for me because that's not how I want to show up and move in the world and the ability to acknowledge it. I don't want to be any space where I can't bring my full self. If I can't bring my full self, and as well, when bringing my full self, be supported in that. That means that if I tell you that somebody says something transphobic, not questioning me, believing me the first time, when I say that someone is making someone uncomfortable, it shouldn't be a question and if, and, or a but. It's about understanding that like people are meant to be supported, especially in the moments where I can look at you and see that when you stepped out the door, you made a choice. Because walking out the door as a Black trans woman every single day, I could easily stay in my bed. I could easily put on something that, will just allow me to be seen as whatever and not have to be seen. Walking out the house with this face on, walking to gig, wearing my dresses and my earrings are a choice. And that part of the biggest joy of it is the fact that I choose me every day. I wake up and I could choose to be anybody else. I could choose to say, okay, there's going to be people on the street who's going to say something, so let me not wear this. And I choose it. And it's so interesting because every time when I do it, if I walk out the door feeling an ounce of insecure in any way, there always is a black woman on the street who gives me some type of compliment. It is, I, I put my hair into a Bible every time. So somebody was like, yes, this hair, yes, this body, yes, you better walk. It is something that just, it brings me so much joy because I've realized that even in your most insecure, if you're being yourself, you're going to find your community and your community is going to find a way to uplift you. And it's a community member you might not have even known existed. It could be Shirley, who's 63, who lives on your corner, who you never talked to once. Because that's one of the people who <laughs> gave me a compliment one day. Oh, my goodness. And it is true. And, and let's talk about community and affirmation. So the third thing that came out of your, of your intro was talking about your show, right? And three years and starting really as the first trans-hosted show in a city where you would think it was welcome and that there's so much energy and excitement. And I think about that. My husband, when we lived in New York, he worked at Ali Forney Center. And Ali Forney Center is truly an amazing institution. And it supports the LGBTQ community with resources. His job, he's a trained property manager. And he was a counselor and all these things, but he would find safe houses for homeless LGBTQ teens in New York. And he ran about 13 of them. And so I remember the experience of walking in and the community, but also the loneliness that many of them felt and how they had been kicked out of their homes and they were homeless in a city that is one of the hardest to be homeless in. And so as you were telling your story about the show and people showing up and that community, the importance, and I can only imagine the lives that you saved with hope and encouragement just through storytelling and content. So talk about the journey and the courage to say, I'm going to create this show. I'm going to set it up. I'm going to put my fullest self out there and create a place for my community. 
it's so funny how you can be building something and not even knowing it. Because when I first decided to create the show, it was something where I was fed up with everything that I was experiencing in spaces that like wouldn't exist without Black trans people. It was the fact that like people are joking about consent on the microphone. People who like when something is happening in the space doesn't do anything about it. A trans person is coming up to you saying that this thing is happening to me and it's just ignored. And then on top of it, standing in dressing rooms where different people who are supposed to be in the, a part of the production, a part of the show, mm-hmm. like we're supposed to be on the same team working here, are analyzing your body in the dressing room and asking you questions about your gender and all these different things in the dressing room when they don't even know your name yet. Mm-hmm. And the final straw was when I was like hosting this event and it was in Hell's Kitchen and I was like booked to be over there and I'm talking on the microphone and everything. And as always for me, you're not going to just enjoy my art. You're going to see me as the person I am because you can't take me from my art. You can't separate these two things. And so for me, when I'm on a microphone, I'm talking about Black Lives Matter and Black Trans Lives Matter. And it was the bar owner and the producer of the show who told me not to say it on a microphone because who wants to dance after that? Who wants to party (gasps) after that? Exactly. So you mean acknowledging my life mattering is a depressing thing to you all? acknowledging my existence is a thing that you don't want said in this space. Mind you, this space would not exist without black and brown trans sex workers. Marsha, Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, Miss Major, Stormy, all of these people who fought for our pride in 1969 are the reason we can stand here. And that was the final straw for me because it was... At this point, it felt like that Dave Chappelle quote as to why he left the show, I was getting the wrong type of laughter. Because if you can see me do a performance on this stage and you say that you connect, but when I have to talk about the fact that my community is in danger, my community is being murdered, my community is homeless, that's the moment where you check out and that's too much for you. That was the final straw. And I decided to create a space that I always wanted to see made. And in my head, I was like, I'm just excited to have a space where, okay, one, I can go, but also my community can go and feel like they can actually feel safe for a night. Like I'm going to go to a space and if they have an issue, it will be addressed and taken care of. We're making sure that the space is actually accessible. The amount of spaces that are quote unquote queer, but say screw any queer person who's disabled because there's there's no ramp to get in or you're trying to book a disabled performer and there's no ramp to get to the stage. And it's like all of these different things that are, it's not even that difficult to think about. It's not as if we don't see these people. These people are in our communities every day. As a a person who has a mom who has different disabilities, it's like, you're saying my mom shouldn't be in these spaces? And for me, when I was making it, I'm so thankful at the fact that I did it the way that I did, which is just going with what felt right. Because I had decided to not try to second guess myself anymore and actually just Put the put the pedal to the floor. And when I created it, I had like 50 to 60 people showed up in this bar that was like more people than I ever expected to show up. <laughs> and it was so many young queer people. It was like queer people who had heard about me creating this show and said, wait, a trans person is doing this show? A Black trans person is doing this show? And then on top of it, the fact that I'm booking specifically queer trans and POC and black and indigenous performers. Like we're 
We're yes. speaking to yes. the people who are falling through the cracks and we're trying to seal the cracks. We're actually giving the people the platform who haven't gotten the opportunity to have a platform. And it was so beautiful to create because it literally just started to snowball where the next thing I know, I'm having people reach out about wanting to be a part of it. And there was always these different things that would be coming up. There'd be, you know, um, somebody, somebody who's like getting aggressive at the space and me having to understand and learn a new way of taking control of a situation because I'm the person who's invited you all into the space. This isn't a thing that I could just shrug off and be like, well, somebody's going to take care of it. No, Mm -hmm. I am the person who brought you all to the space. It is my job to protect you all, to make sure that everything within my control is protecting, supporting, and loving you all. And I'm so thankful for it because I've learned how to stand up for myself and my community in ways that I never could have expected. And it has, it has caused me to stand up and respect and take care of myself in ways that I never thought that I could. And yeah, that's like, yeah, that's like the big crux of the journey. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Protecting, supporting and loving the people that are there and being responsible and seeing people, right. And seeing them in the light of how do I help you feel included and how do I make sure that you're in this community? Because it's one thing for us to see disability, you know, people who are disabled. And it's one thing for us to talk about inclusivity and we see everyone in DNI, but then how do you take that step of action? You make sure that there's a ramp that goes on stage. You make sure that they feel included and you make sure that when something pops off, you are accountable and responsible and you can say, no, we're all here to feel protected and to feel supported and seen. And I feel like that and this notion of loving really parlays so well into your line. <laughs> and when we think about the progression, I mean, congratulations on your new Pride collection. I mean, it's amazing. Love 13 Loon and Nikeo and the team and all that you're doing at JCPenney. So let's get into minty makeup. Tell us everything. <laughs> it feels like when I first created my show and it started to really snowball where I'm like, oh my God, wait. So the thing that, the thing that I this always This is a lot of weight. <laughs> exactly. It feels amazing that everybody truly sees themselves reflected in it. The fact that my community, the people who I look to for strength, the people who I look at and see beauty in every single day, say that they see beauty in themselves in this product. Because the entire goal of it is that whether or not you ever put it on, you just understand that we already think you're beautiful. This is just, this is just tools yes. to play around with to discover a whole different side of yourself. Because it's, especially as Black people, we understand that like our culture is about decorating your body. It's about your body is yes. your temple. And it's like one of the reasons I love my hair so much is every single wash day, I'm forced to take hours out of my day to care for my body. I have to moisturize my scalp. I have yes. to make sure everything is taken care of. And for me, the way that we decorate our face and the way that we choose to walk out the door, it says so much about us on the inside. It's so, so much about how you truly see yourself and the different ways in which you can see yourself. And it's about not making anybody believe that you're going to be Kate Moss. You're going to be Naomi Campbell. When, baby, you're going to be you. And that's the beautiful part. That's the beautiful part. You get to discover a whole new side of yourself or you can amplify the side that you already see. It's about just understanding that this is the tool of your toolkit for self-empowerment. However you want to see yourself is the right way. Because if you want to just do use the um, upliftment as a highlight, baby, I do that all the time. It's the highlight I got on my cheek right now. It's, 
truly just being able to use all the tools in your toolbox in order to discover your own self-worth. This is about looking in the mirror and loving what you see and understanding that, like, even if you don't like it, that's the best part about makeup. You can take it off and try again. It's, it's all about trial and error and having fun with self-exploration because too often times there's a pressure, there's a standard that they're trying to make you believe you need to hit. With baby, you are the standard. However you do you is how you do you, and that's the beauty of it. Wow, however you do you. I I mean, I am just energized. I, I love this because, you know, with, there are a lot of different products out there. And the question becomes, is there room for more? And I firmly believe, yes, there is, because I believe in founders. I am founder center, I'm founder led, and I believe that every founder's story becomes a differentiation point in terms of their products. Because that energy and passion and even thinking about you're going to be yourself, you want to see yourself. And we are who we are. The makeup gives us this otherworldly self that just enhances and amplifies our own natural gifts and being. And I loved how you even said earlier, you said you would put on makeup and when you took it off, it made you sad. And you had to get to this place where it wasn't just about that, right? It was about being your true self. And even when we talk about the clarity in the product. I mean, there is so much intentionality here. You have the bedazzlement blush, the empowerment eyeshadow, yeah. the empowerment pride shadow, the treatment lip duo, and the colors and the packaging, they are beautiful. So what was the inspiration? We know it's the true self, but the colors and the naming, the intentionality behind mm. that, talk about that. You're completely correct. So much intention went into <laughs> everything. The last thing I ever want to do is create something that I'm not proud of. And for me, when I feel proud of something, I believe that everybody else will be as well because yes. it's the intention that people feel. As Maya Angelou said, people will never remember what you said, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And that is the intention. When it comes to the colors, when it comes to the shades, I wanted something that was versatile. I wanted something that if you were just going to the bank and you wanted a cute little eye, you could do it. If you were about to go on stage, you had everything that you needed in order to do a bright, beautiful eye. I wanted to make sure that the quality was amazing because as a person who didn't grow up with that much money and still is trying to get a little bit more money, I did not have any <laughs> money to waste on something that wasn't going to work. The amount of times I spent what could have been rent money or food money on something that like was made me look ashy. It's like, no, thank you. And then on top of it, I wanted, I wanted makeup that catered to melanated skin. Not as an addition, not as a tag along, centering us. Because there's plenty of other products out there for every lighter shade possible. But when it comes mm -hmm. to us, it's like, here's a cute little bit that'll work. But I wanted to make sure that it was something that would actually resonate with all the people who looked like me. The people who are darker than me, the people who are lighter than me, the people who have different, beautiful, beautiful shades of skin tone that are mixes of two. It's one of those things that I wanted it to be able to be something that no matter who you are, if you pick it up, it is something that you can find use in, you can find pleasure in, and you can find yourself yes. in. Because yes. too often times I'll be picking up a shade of something and I'm like, well, now I spent money on something that literally doesn't even fit anything that I have. I made sure that all of the palettes are all going to be versatile enough to be used with one another. So the palette that we're working on an all around face palette that's going to be called Nothing But Ooh. News. 
Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. actually nude shades that will actually be fitting for everybody. And one of the things that I wanted was to have that palette and have every shade be usable with the Empowerment Eyeshadow Palette as well, because I want you to be able to not just be like, okay, well, I want to do this eye, so I have this one product for that. I want you to get funky with it. Use some yes. creative color combinations. <laughs> and we also are about to, re- we're going to be releasing some lip glosses soon too. And when I tell you the little black girl inside of my heart who was singing <laughs> chicken noodle soup, chicken noodle soup. And like, oh, I, your, my lip gloss is popping. I'm, I want to speak to the child and everybody. And I want to speak to that self-discovery that we all had as kids that some people had stunted because of society and parents and people who didn't see them. And for all the ones who did have the opportunity to have their youth be something of self-discovery, I want them to get in touch with it. I want us to all feel as though we have the space to discover. Oh my God. And I know that lip gloss is good. I was just like, "Mm, mm, mm." that lip gloss is going to be fantastic. And to give everyone the space to discover, I, you're phenomenal. And as we wrap up, I want to do this minty showdown. Okay. So I want you to fill in the blank. It's some rapid fire statements and it's based on your empowerment pride shadow. Okay, so we're going to go quick. We're going to go quick. Okay, blank brings me the most excitement. Ooh. Okay, the first thing that came to mind was food. (laughs) The first thing. The first thing. I I love that. Food. Okay, we have to get a meal in New York. I I need to dive deeper into this food. I'm like, okay, food. Yes. Okay, my biggest achievement to date is self-love self-empowerment and self-acceptance yes everything else i have from that branches from that everything else comes from that i love that okay the best piece of adornment on a person is a smile oh i love that a Mm -hmm. smile changes everything you enter a room and someone smiles at you and you're like, yes, I've arrived. I'm here. You speak it to my soul. <laughs> it's so good. Because every single time, that's the thing that people would always tell me was like, I made them feel so welcome from the moment that they saw me smile at them. And I smile at everybody because I'm like, thank you for taking up space. We all we were all walking around this same community together. Look at us looking like bad bitches. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, with the smile. That's what we're smiling about. So as we close out, um, we always ask our show guests, like, what's one product that you want to highlight? Because we're all about community. So we will absolutely be buying your brands. But if there's another brand you want to shout out. Ooh, oh my gosh. I would definitely say, ooh, ooh, ooh. I (laughs) am obsessed with Black Opal. Oh, yes. Black Opal is a phenomenal, phenomenal brand and a brand that actually also follows through on what they say their mission is. Like when I saw them make Laomi Maldonado one of the faces and like, I was like, do you know how life-changing it is to see an amazing Black trans woman getting to be the face of the makeup line and on top of it for being who she is? Like not because we need to check a box because this is a beautiful woman who wears beautiful makeup and on top of it is is a pillar of a whole ass community. I love Black Opal's products. They actually do the job. 
And that's a whole other thing that I appreciate about it is that like quality and on top of it, intention. It's so funny that you said that. Black Opal was one of our first clients um, on my agency. And we worked with them when they were going through the rebrand. And I had the opportunity to meet Nikos. Nikos was the owner of the manufacturing company who made Black Opal. And he made it for his wife, actually, who was a Black woman. And he was a Greek man. And he told this amazing story about his wife and him owning manufacturing and being a chemist and going into the lab and creating something for his wife. And when he passed away and had to sell Black Opal, we had all these conversations, you know, like who's gonna buy Black Opal? And he had left in his will, like it was very intentional that it try and stay within a black family. So when Desiree Rogers came as a black woman to buy a cosmetics company, and to bring it back to life and to do all the amazing things that she's doing. I'm sure you saw Mackenzie's State of Black Beauty report and what she talks about it. She is phenomenal. She's a powerhouse. She's a supporter of us. And the brand is the epitome. So thank you for highlighting Black Opal. It's truly a phenomenal brand and mission and leader. That's what brings me so much joy is hearing these things because it is truly everything in my life I never thought that I would see stability. I never thought that I would see other people fighting the fight that I thought needed to be fought. I never imagined it. And every day I get to find out about all these other amazing people who are on the same mission as me. And while I may not have ever met them in person, I'm like, I love that I already know that you're in my community. I can tell through the intention. I can tell through the action. And Oh, thank you for that story. Yes, like, of course. When you said it, I was like, wow. So I um, I know it's a big, big, big day for you and month for you <laughs> and life for you, more importantly, because all of your work continues every single day. I know you have some, some more shows coming up and there's so much on the horizon for Minty Makeup. And I just, I my heart is full. Thank you so much again for sharing your story, your kindness, your empathy. We are all enriched by your conversation and inspired to really go out and be our true selves. I can say I've felt so seen and I felt so celebrated and I felt so connected to you. So thank you. So every week I like to share an influencer that I'm checking out. And this week, thanks to Junior, make sure that you go out and follow Black Opal. That's Black Opal Beauty. Make sure that you check out this brand who was re-brought to life and now owned by our own Desiree Rogers, a Black woman. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guest, and that is how will you choose yourself every day? Junior talked about choosing herself, showing up for herself and being her true self. So how will you choose yourself every day? And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in. Until next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast, and on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a mean old line media production. 
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.